are you ready for the end of the world? Yep. <laughs> Listen to your community spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's bring back the circle again, the circle of friends, the circle of family, the circle of being. Wake up and be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. You're listening to your community spirit. This is Ord, the Energy Mon. And this is Tree Song. And, well, there's not many happenings except celebrate a buy-nothing Christmas. <laughs> Driving hybrid cars and limiting industrial emissions is great, but they are band-aid solutions if you don't address the core problem. We have to consume less. This is a message of a buy-nothing Christmas. The earth is neither an infinite resource nor an infinite garbage can. <laughs> yes, neither nor. <laughs> And I saw this great clip online of a guy who had been Santa Claus for 26 years. And he was going around talking to people um, about resurrecting, resurrecting the spirit of Christmas. He didn't say don't give presents. He said make them from the heart. Don't buy them from the pocketbook. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so a gift of the heart is much more valuable than a gift of the pocketbook. Although you can do both. <laughs> so today in history, today is Friday, December 21st, the 355th day of 2007. There are only 10 days left in this year. Oh, it's almost over. Today's highlight in history, on December 21st, 1620, the pilgrims aboard the Mayflower went ashore for the first time at present-day Plymouth, Massachusetts. Hmm. So, just a little history tidbit. Yes. <laughs> and then I actually pulled out yesterday in history, the Louisiana Purchase was completed as ownership of the territory was formally transferred from France to the United States during ceremonies in New Orleans <laughs> yesterday, back in 1803. Yeah. <laughs> and then yesterday, back in 1889, the United States launched Operation Just Cause, sending troops into Panama to topple the government of General Manuel Noriega. <laughs> so, Operation Just Cause, they felt like it. And then in this day, uh, yesterday, in 1945, the Office of Price Administration announced the end of tire rationing. <laughs> I thought that was a nice, cute little tidbit. Yeah. So now pretty soon we'll be starting the... Uh, Incandescent bulb rationing. <laughs> As the last ones on the entire face of the earth uh, start to go out. <laughs> now, you did say you had a couple happenings. Uh, yes, we've got uh, our first happening today is a a, fri a Friday film over at the Big Muddy IMC. The movie tonight is going to be The Take, uh, which is called La Toma. It's a documentary film by Avi Lewis and Naomi Klein about how workers in Argentina are taking over factories abandoned by their owners. And the film will be shown tonight at the Big Money IMC, which is located at 214 North Washington. It starts at 7 p.m. Um, I've actually seen this film. It's really good. You know, it, it was about the, you know, there's an economic depression in Argentina, and 
the the factory owners shut down the factory, but people still wanted productive work, so they took over the factory and started producing it for themselves, you know, run by the workers. It's a really good film. So that's tonight at 7 p.m. at the Big Muddy IMC. <laughs> so we our other our other happening that we do have that some of you may have heard about at this point is uh, the uh, the holidays. <laughs> <laughs> we we've already passed a couple of them and we've still got a couple more coming up. Uh, tonight at 12:08 a.m. technically tomorrow is the uh, winter solstice. That's when you know the the Earth is tilted at such an angle that, you know, the sun seems further and further away from us now. Why do you keep saying you know? You, I didn't know that. Oh, okay. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> Well, I guess not everyone knows, but... Well, I did know it yesterday. I spent all day in the drizzling rain putting in a solar system um, in Prairie de Rocher on a school, and I found out that, well, it got dark, it seemed like about 4.30. yeah. And we actually didn't actually start installing the solar modules until like five. So <laughs> it's like, um, and actually, some someone from the staff of the school said, "You're installing in the dark." I was like, "Didn't you know you have to install solar in the dark? Otherwise, you get shocked." <laughs> and he, he thought I was serious. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, well, it is true. If you stuck your tongue to both of the leads of the solar module, yeah, <laughs> you would get shocked. But you don't do that. Yeah, you like, don't do that. You've got the self-restraint, hopefully. Well, you're wiring it, and technically you're wiring it live in the day. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> you just have to watch where you touch those wires. That's yeah. all. <laughs> just don't poke yourself. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, yeah. So, starting at 12.08 uh, a.m., we're going to start getting more sunlight. <laughs> it's like, and I'm I'm ready for it. I mean, it was, it was really, it gets dark really early, and this morning it was, you know, dark at 6.30. I mean, it was just like, I I like being up, but I couldn't get up because it was dark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, something that has happened, um, in case you are not aware of it, was the energy bill went through. It did not have anything in it for tax credits for renewable energy and energy efficiency. However, Bush designed bill bo- boasting auto mileage standards. President Bush, who said he doesn't believe the government should set arbitrary auto mileage standards, is signing into law a requirement that vehicles meet an average 35 miles per gallon by 2020. Congress sent an energy bill to the White House late Tuesday that increases the federal auto mileage requirements for the first time in 32 years and requires an increase in the use of ethanol as a substitute for gasoline. Now, the measure passed by a veto-proof, veto-proof majority in both houses. The House passed the bill 314 to 100, with 95 Republicans joining the Democrats in supporting the legislation, after the Senate approved it last week, 86 to 8. The White House immediately announced that Bush would sign the measure Wednesday morning at the ceremony at the Energy Department. Well, he doesn't have a choice, right? Yeah. (laughs) Quote, this is a choice between yesterday and tomorrow on energy policy, declared House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, who had conducted the sometimes testy negotiations that led to the bill's approval in the House. Hmm. Yeah, this has been a bill that they had to strip out a lot of stuff to make it so it passed. Yeah. You know, but there's a lot of good stuff in it also, so. And then once it was veto-proof, Bush decided that he liked it. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, he didn't say he liked it. He said he would sign <laughs> He said he'd sign it. Well, he at the little speech, you know, I, I didn't hear all of it. I heard part of it. He kind of acted like he actually cared about such things just because he knew he had to. Well, I mean, truth, you know, you kind of have to care about that kind of stuff. I mean, because we waste way too much energy. So, yeah, I mean, himself personally, his ranch has got geothermal and energy efficient stuff. Well, because it costs too much to not do it. Yeah. <laughs> On a personal level, he does it. But, you know, what does personal have to do with, you know, being a politician? <laughs> yeah. It's Depends like, on the politician, apparently. It's like, no, I don't think it does. I mean, they're not supposed to think for themselves. They're supposed to think what their constituents think for them. Yeah. Right? They're supposed to, or what the uh, the corporations who donated think for them, or the you know who the pollster, the you know <laughs> they they poll, and you know one of their staff says this is what your constituents want you to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Okay, so shall we uh, get to the news then? Is I think I've got this music queued up. Ah, let's music. See, let's <laughs> see if I can do it. Maybe not. That's not the freaky one. No, that's not the freaky one. That's the chirpy birdies. <laughs> I had one. I had one set up that was like. <laughs> there we go. That's the one. Do, 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 do. I'm trying to find a perfect so- uh, sound <laughs> to cue up between talking and news. <laughs> it's like, like something kind of like get you on your toes because the news is important <laughs> we could get something boring. really ominous <laughs> the news is important but usually kind of boring <laughs> well so. i don't know i think it's action-packed and exciting but uh reading reading pre pre-selected texts can be boring at times stylistically speaking well i mean <laughs> this one's boring per, it's it says that <laughs> the british conservation party leader david cameron said in a speech today that under a Tory government, British Britain would become a world leader in green coal technology. <laughs> I thought coal was black. I didn't know they had the <laughs> green variety. <laughs> so, um, the headline is, perhaps he had too much eggnog. <laughs> Tory leader David Cameron louds green coal straight to the source, BBC News, the Press Association. Yes, I think he has had a little bit too much uh, holiday cheer, if that's his line. <laughs> Good old medication. <laughs> so let's see. Oh, I've got to read this one because it's both holiday-related and computer-related. Yule efficiency. <laughs> Not fuel efficiency, Yule efficiency. <laughs> Why have a real fire when you can download one? Oh, the trials we face at holiday time. A merrily burning Yule log is just so festive, but we can't even enjoy the warmth of our guilt over the pollution that it causes because enter the I-Yule, a half-hour-long downloadable video of a crackling hearth, <laughs> which it, it kind of make, makes you happy at some level that you're conserving the wood, but, I mean, it, actually, it's a tradition. Actually, there is a cable channel during the holidays that switches over for, I forget how long, like like two or three days of just the picture of a, a log, <laughs> and it's the most watched channel. <laughs> People just put it on and let it crackle. Yeah. Because we are fascinated by fire. Yeah, we are. I am especially. (laughs) So, I mean, it's like you can either light, you know, your living room on fire if you don't have a fireplace, or you can... Hopefully that video has a way of um, looping. Yeah. (laughs) 
Because, I mean, you don't want to watch it just for a half hour. I'm sure, you know, you can loop it in your player. You can get your video player to loop it. <laughs> it's like, that sounds so wrong. <laughs> let, 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 let your log loop. Yeah, the, the ever-burning torch there. <laughs> your Yule log. March so. orders. U.S. will be warmer than normal in early 2008, says the Weather Service. The drought in the southeastern U.S. will keep on keeping on at least through March, according to a 90-day outlook from the National Weather Service. In fact, the agency predicts above normal temperatures for most of the U.S. from January to March thanks to La Nina and, quote, recent trends. Ooh, mysterious. Straight to the source, Reuters. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, and I'll have to dedicate this next story to some of my uh, personal heroes here in town who do student eco-activism many of whom are actually out of town at this moment. <laughs> but this goes out to them anyway. They, will they might hear tell them that they can go to our website yeah. and listen to it later. We're they, talking about you. We're talking about you. So you can listen to this at yourcommunityspirit.org. <laughs> but uh, the story, that'll teach them. Colleges around the country take green steps. Are you thinking what we're thinking? Yep, it's time for a green college roundup. Maine's College of the Atlantic has made good on its pledge to be a carbon-neutral campus, say school officials. Quote, as far as we know, COA is the first in the world to make the commitment, and as far as we know, the first to do it, said David Haley's, the president of the 300-student college, which offers one major, human ecology. Ah, uh, they're cheating. They already know that that's a good focus, so it's not surprising they're the first to take that step. Meanwhile, Oregon's Portland State University plans to hire as many as 10 professors with expertise in sustainability to teach subjects from economics to biology to art. Michigan's Walsh College has green-built an extension to its campus, and Northern Kentucky University has launched a campus-wide campaign to reduce fossil fuels. We give them all a gold star for that effort. (laughs) Straight to the source, Associated Press, Bangor Daily News, The Oregonian, the CNG News, and the Cincinnati Post. A lot of people covering this story because it's a big story. <laughs> so hopefully in the coming semester, we'll hear about all of the wonderful uh, eco and sustainability initiatives that Southern Illinois University will be starting. <laughs> yeah, I heard there's some really good campaigns. The Thin Lead Line. The U.S. House passes a toy safety bill with tightened lead standards. The U.S. House of Representatives unanimously passed the bill. Has that ever happened? (laughs) Unanimously. That's pretty rare. Unanimously passed the bill aimed at improving the safety of toys sold in the country. Politicians do care about babies. They do. They they really do, it seems. (laughs) At least certain babies. (laughs) The bill lowers the allowable lead level. I, I think that's the funniest thing. You're, you know, there's a allowable level of pollution yeah. allowed in everything. <laughs> yeah, a little, even, little bit of lead is, adds some spice of taste, you know. It's like even toothpaste has allowable level of poison. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I just, I think I'm just, you know, I believe in going all natural for some reason. Huh. Forget any level of anything. Okay, the allowable level of lead in children's toys mandates independent testing, increases the budget of the Consumer Product Safety Commission, and raises the cap on potential civil penalties 
for manufacturers from $1.25 million up to $10 million. The popularity of the House bill was due in large part to its relative ease on industry. A tougher and therefore more controversial bill in the Senate is scheduled for debate sometime after the holiday recess. The current draft of the Senate bill would do many of the same things the House passed version does, but would also allow state attorney generals to sue to enforce federal product safety laws, protect employees who report safety law violations, increase the civil penalty cap to $100 million, and give industry less time to comply with the lower lead standards. Expect dilutions aplenty when Congress resumes debate in the new year. Straight to the source, The Hill, Reuters, The Washington Post, and The Wall Street Journal. All right, then. Oh, you want me to hit that, <laughs> didn't you? <laughs> do, do, do. All right, in other news, this one just hurts my head so much, I've got to read it. What? <laughs> EPA, nay. The U.S. EPA won't let California enact vehicle greenhouse gas limits. The U.S. EPA has denied California the waiver it needed to enact a state law requiring a 30% reduction in vehicle greenhouse gas emissions by 2016, said EPA Chief Stephen Johnson, quote, The Bush administration is moving forward with a clear national solution, not a confusing patchwork of state rules, to reduce America's climate footprint from vehicles. But that decision was at odds with the unanimous recommendations of EPA's legal and technical teams. The agency had delayed so long on making the decision that California sued to get him to hurry up, obviously hoping for a different outcome. Sixteen other states would have adopted California's regulations had the EPA okayed the waiver. They still may get the chance, as California Attorney General Jerry Brown is none too pleased with the decision. Quote, There's absolutely no legal justification for the Bush administration to deny this request, he says. Governor Schwarzenegger and I are preparing to sue at the earliest possible moment. It's a suit that even EPA's own lawyers think the agency will lose. Straight to the source, the Associated Press, Office of the Attorney General, and the Washington Post. Now, that just hurts my head that the state of California is trying to enact uh, better pollution control laws, and the EPA, the agency that's supposed to protect the environment, is telling them no. Well, the funny thing is they're spending so much money on fighting these lawsuits, it'd be cheaper to actually just, you know, enact... Um, what's the name? I'm trying to remember the name of the book now. Oh, yeah, Ecotopia. Where California succeeds from the union because they want to be so environmentally friendly. <laughs> and in the book, they actually banned even flyovers of airplane because they would spew pollution in their state. <laughs> yeah. They would say, that we will shoot down airplanes that fly over our state because they spew pollution. <laughs> I mean, so that's pretty interesting. This right here caught my attention. Google cranky academics instead. Top British scientist tells women to stop drooling over gas-guzzling males. Hey, ladies, wonder how you can help fight climate change? It's simple. Stop encouraging men who waste resources. In particular, said a UK climate scientist David King this week, quote, stop admiring young men who in Ferraris, end quote. King's comments were immediately pounced upon, not by feminists, but by Ferrari owners who protested that their vehicles spew less than four-wheel drive vehicles. Also, they are not compensating for anything and never have been, 
thanks for asking. Straight to the source, Wired the Telegraph. Well, you've probably heard of macho-sexual and metrosexual, <laughs> but the new sexual that's been growing by leaps and bounds in some way is echosexual. <laughs> this is This is, well, guys who women find attractive for their lifestyle, not generally how they look. You know, people who are thoughtful and caring about everything they do tend to be nicer people. So um, I don't think I could completely be an echosexual because I can't be anything, well, completely sexual. <laughs> but I can think about it if I attract the right people, maybe. Yes, it's an interesting perspective on what draws us to one another. Huh. You mean you mean values and such might actually play a role in attraction? <laughs> well, they've got a word for it now. Yep. Echosexual. If they've got a word for it, it must be real. <laughs> so let's see. In other news, up close and personal. <laughs> Al Gore named first runner-up for Time Magazine's Person of the Year. And what's expected to be his final they, award... They didn't say sexiest. <laughs> no, no. Well, that's probably a whole other contest. I don't know if Time Magazine has one of those. Time Magazine sexy. Yeah, that would be kind of <laughs> wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so in what's expected to be his final award of a very busy year, although you never know, Al Gore was named first runner-up for Time Magazine's Person of the Year, followed by Harry Potter author uh, J.K. Rowling. This year's winner is Russian President Vladimir Putin, who, the magazine says, quote, is not a Boy Scout. He is not a Democrat in any way that the West would define it. He's not a paragon of free speech. He stands, above all, for stability. Stability before freedom. Stability before choice. Stability in a country that has hardly seen it for a hundred years. A large part of that stability lies in his continued personal presence in the halls of power. After a 17-year career in the KGB... He became president some eight years ago and is widely regarded as having secured the position of prime minister when he steps down. That is, he hasn't put in for retirement just yet. <laughs> Putin put in a uh, bad pun. <laughs> Straight, and I like puns, and that's a bad pun. <laughs> Straight to the source, uh, Time, uh, oddly enough, Time magazine reported on who Time's person of the year was, but also Agence France Press. This one's about fat. <laughs> of course, I have to read it. Lard have mercy. <laughs> Lard have mercy. Fat-fueled speedboat will undertake second circumnavigation attempt. One of our favorite heroes is back in action, Pete Bethan, who attempted to set a global circumnavigation record in a biodiesel-powered speedboat in early 2007 and donated his own fat ass to the fuel mix <laughs> to garner publicity has announced a second attempt, kicking off in March 2007. Baby, get back on board. <laughs> Straight to the source, August French Press and The Guardian. <laughs> if he keeps uh, if he keeps making these attempts, though, he's going to run out, isn't he? Like it said, he was using his own uh, his own fuel. <laughs> I don't think he actually meant he was using, you know, sucking it out of him. <laughs> he was just do donating himself to drive it around the world. I don't know. that. The way it's phrased, it sounds like it, but we'll see. <laughs> if he starts getting skinnier and skinnier, we'll know. <laughs> well, you would think he would get skinnier beforehand because, 
you can go farther, the boat can haul <laughs> less weight, easier. Yeah. Well, see, that would be a double benefit then of using his own uh, fat as fuel. <laughs> so, just like you run out of fuel, you just have like a pet cock on your belly that just squirts out some... Yeah, I don't think you'd get much. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That'd be an unfortunate way to travel. <laughs> it's like... So... So, let's see. Let's... Is there anything else? Yeah, here's one about renewables we can do. Uh, I don't really care about renewables, but... <laughs> yeah, who, who cares ahead. about renewables? Uh, renewing renewables. Tax incentives for clean energy not yet renewed, but probably will be. A renewal of tax incentives for building and installing clean energy sources was stripped from the recently signed energy bill that we were talking about earlier, actually, putting wind and solar boosters just a wee bit on the edge. Current federal tax credits for renewable energy will expire at the end of 2008. Roan Resch of the Solar Energy Industries Association predicts that U.S. solar installations, which jumped 80% in 2007, will start, will, quote, start to drop off in the second quarter of 2008 if the tax incentives are not extended. But all is not lost. Leaders in both chambers of Congress have promised to revisit the tax credit issue in the new year. Straight to the source, Rudus. So many to choose from. Hybrid technology converts gas-powered cars to electric. Obsessed with Mini Coopers, but also like the idea of a zero-emission electric vehicles? Have your car and drive it, too. A company called Hybrid Technologies guts such cars as the Mini, Smart for Two, and PT Cruiser in places their gas tanks with electric motor and a stack of lithium batteries. Convinced starting in 2008 you'll be able to buy your electric Mini at Walmart for a mere $65,000. <laughs> that was an ad from MSN Autos. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I like that ad, though. So, Well, hopefully this has been another exciting, maybe not, informative, <laughs> maybe so, half hour of your community spirit. If you have something you would like us to announce, talk about, or generally, well, criticize, <laughs> or generally just, you know, state our opinion about, please email it to info at yourcommunityspirit.org. Or you can email it to me at treesong at treesong.org. We will see you again next week. In the meantime, remember, buy nothing Christmas, celebrate it by buying nothing but giving from your heart. <laughs>